Hey everyone, I'm Jordan Henderson and welcome to the RevOps Podcast. I'm joined today by Jonathan Stevens and Brandon Redlinger. Hey guys. What's up guys? So today we're going to talk about social selling because of course that makes sense on the RevOps Podcast. Before we dive into social selling, the question I ask you guys every week and you fail miserably every time, but this is the 10th time, so maybe it's the charm. Does <laughs> anybody want to define Does anybody want to define social selling? Selling well, socially. I, Boom. <laughs> every time. Every time. <laughs> well, I actually think this time it, it's it's a slight misnomer. Like okay. you you actually don't go on to LinkedIn to pitch someone. I mean, there's plenty of people who do. Right. But for those people who actually get social selling in quotes, it, like they're about, it's about building relationships. So it's using social channels to actually develop relationships that might or might not someday turn up in a sale. Right. It could be they buy from me now at where I'm at this company. It could be they buy from me two companies from now. I've had that happen plenty of times before. So I've, for me, it's more about building relationships online than actually selling people. Yeah, maybe, online networking. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. selling your yourself, your brand, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and add to that, like the branding piece, especially too, just being able to have somebody following you and seeing the post you're making about your company or your initiatives. So that's a powerful part too. Yeah, for sure. This is the most participatory you guys have ever been in the definitions piece of the podcast, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm actually just blown away. That's a really good <laughs> definition and and super super helpful. So. Before we dive in, because I actually think there's a lot to unpack with what you, what you just said, um, what I have as a definition of social selling is social selling is the practice of using the social channels to connect with prospects, develop a connection with them, and engage with potential leads. The tactic is just overall a way for businesses to reach sales targets. Broadly speaking? Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have as a caveat, by the way, what social selling is not. Social selling is not about bombarding strangers with tweets and DMs on LinkedIn. That's not, that's spam. Don't do it. Like that's, that's bad practice. Don't do that. The worst is when they do it like seven times. Like if they don't respond once, just just following up on this to see if you have thoughts. Like I I don't, it's been two months. I still don't. And now I I really, really, but, but, but actually to circle back to, to the way Brandon, Brandon defined it here, which, which is, you know, it's networking and in a way, which I think by the way, in a pandemic world, we can't network in person anymore. Networking mm-hmm. events aren't a thing that really exists. We don't go to conferences. We don't shake hands. We don't take people out to dinners. The way we connect with people in a lot of ways in networking is socially. We do it on, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, if you will. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't, I don't do that one. But, but LinkedIn, if you will, and I think that's why it's super important. But what I'm really curious about, because social selling from a sales rep's perspective, they, they obviously should see the value in it for their own perspective, right? But you guys, marketing ops, product marketing, why is having a sales team that does social selling, why is it important to you in your role? And I'll start with you, Brandon. So I, I think social selling, so sales these days is all about building relationships, right? Like, totally. Right. At the end of the day, people buy from people that they that they trust, that they know, like, and trust, as they say. Um, and, and social selling is the, I mean, Using social is one of the best ways to do that. And, and actually, these days, I think you bring up a good point, is like during these pan- pandemic and post-pandemic areas, like even these online communities, I would actually include that now. You're having a lot, uh, of, a lot of conversations with people on like Pavilion, 
or Rev Genius. Or, you even uh, got the new name. I Pavilion. even got the new name. I, I was like, <laughs> nice. do, do I say Pavilion or do I say... <laughs> Most people it's know a, it probably by now, right? It's a pretty solid rebrand, but, you know, yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, I, they, they have a lot of people out there on LinkedIn that now post on Pavilion. But to your point, yeah, like, I, I actually... That's a great point. I, I had not even included that in, in today, but there are, like a bajillion organizations, right? Like Modern Sales Pros, AAISP, Pavilion, Rev Genius, Sales Hacker. There are so many ways to do social selling now that, that are extremely valuable and, and build trust and build relationships. And that's what selling is. So but what I'm curious about specifically is you're in product marketing, right? Like a huge part of your job is awareness. How important is social selling to product marketing? So I, I think it's a completely, un, well, not untapped, but like underutilized channel. Because it, so, some of the smartest companies these days are using their employees to go evangelize the brand and let them create their own personal brand on social. Now, of course, like, it's not just like pure, I'm out there, you know, doing or whatever the hell I want on social, mm-hmm. right? They, they have the LinkedIn, they have their branded banner on LinkedIn. Um, they're talking to roughly about what their audience cares about. Roughly. Right? Roughly. So roughly sometimes is an appropriate yeah, word there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I think those those brands that are going to win today are those brands that empower their reps to go create their own personal brand. And then I think it creates a halo effect. So if you're saying smart stuff out there, I'm saying smart stuff, Alec is, Jonathan is. And then eventually someone would be like, wait, they're they're all saying smart stuff. They're all at ring DNA. It creates this brand mm-hmm. halo effect. Right. And then all of a sudden now, you know, however much longer they're ready to buy a conversation intelligence or telephony system. It's like, well, who's top of mind for me? Yeah. Well, it's going to be ring DNA. So it's, it's the obvious choice rather than, okay, well, let me, let me go online. Let me do my research. Let me ask my peers. Let me put an RFP together. Let me go through this whole process. It's a, it's, it's a automatic, it's like a heuristic. It's a shortcut. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like these guys. I trust these guys. They must know what they're talking about when it comes to building software. I'm going to go check out Ring DNA. Right. I want to work with them. Exactly. Because I, I like want to work with them. Right? Like, exactly. I want to work with them. And that's, that's what selling is. I want to work with these people. Right. hundred percent. Super, super important. Jonathan, marketing ops. Why why is social selling important to marketing ops? <laughs> oh, it's so important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I was, I'm very curious about your answer here because for what it's worth, you actually, by the way, you're, you're a terrible social seller. You need to be way more active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. But, <laughs> he's, he's working on it. He's working on it. He's, he's stepping it up. He, he's got like seven posts this year. So he's like <laughs> seven more than last year. But, um, but you actually encourage people to do it quite a bit. You, you've actually like, you know, you're like, Hey, this is a good idea. Post about this. Or like, Hey, our sellers should be posting more about these things. Like you're actively involved in those conversations. Why, why mm-hmm. is that important to you? Yeah. Yeah. So much about marketing and sales in general is about reaching the right person at the right time in the right moment. And some people are going to prefer email. Some people are going to prefer a phone call. Some people are going to prefer LinkedIn there. You never really know. So you've got to try all the different channels to really know what's going to be effective or not. And one person that will be effective on social, another person will be effective on email. So without trying all the different channels, you're really not going to know how you're going to get success out of it. That's true. In a way, you could almost use successful social selling to potentially identify where you're spending marketing budget, right? Like theoretically, if you're having a ton of success 
on LinkedIn, your sellers are having a ton of success on LinkedIn. Would that inform your marketing strategy to be like, we're going to do a lot more paid social on LinkedIn with our budget? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're doing a, it's a little tricky on the marketing operations side. Uh, as Alec may know, Alec does a lot of great stuff with our organic social. And one challenge with that is a lot of companies do not do a lot of tracking on the organic side just because of the complexity of getting into your system correctly with the right UTM parameters routed into the right campaign so you can do correct campaign attribution. So there's a lot of challenges with it. So it's, it's a, not an easy task to track, but it's a very effective channel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and let's be totally candid. One of the reasons we're doing this podcast, social selling, but this is a prime example of what we're doing. Um, but super interesting. I, I actually want to do something different right now. Um, something that'll be unique to our podcast for the first time ever. I'm going to invite Alec, our producer, who has made me be a better social seller and has probably worked with Brandon and Jonathan to, to unmute and join in for just a minute. Alec, if you will. I'm here. Cool. I'm here. So Thank you next- for the invite. <laughs> you can only you're, you're like a vampire you can only come inside if we invite you inside <laughs> that's, that's, that's the rules uh but my next question is actually for you what are this what are some best practices off the top of your head because you have no idea i was going to ask you this question and i apologize for that what are some social selling best practices from your perspective well, I think I'd divide social selling into two parts. Like there's the outbound engagement part, and then there's kind of more of the inbound, which is building your profile, your quote-unquote personal brand, which I know a lot of people have a problem with that term. But, um, you know, according to, I think it was the Rain Group, it's 82% of buyers will look at your LinkedIn profile, will look at a salesperson's LinkedIn profile before deciding whether to even respond or engage with them. So you, if you have nothing there for them to latch onto, if you don't have an opinion, if you can't show your expertise, if you can't show a bit of personality or something, it's like, why are they, why you, why respond to you? Like you have to give them something. I mean, there's the whole other mm. aspect of building an audience, which is, you know, also helpful as well, but there's just a lot of different facets to it. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't answer your question as far as best practice. You didn't. You didn't at all. I, was <laughs> I, guess I, just I, a, so. I think a best practice out of kind of what you said is also making sure your profile is up to date. And yeah, you, build out, you build out your profile. And, that's yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. That, that's that was that's the one there for sure. Mm-hmm. What are the What are the next two? Give me the next two. Well, yeah, definitely your profile. You want to uh, fill out in full with a good headline. That's not just your job title. You want a bio that shows some personality. You want all of your jobs, what you accomplish for those jobs. You want a nice picture. You want all that stuff. Um, I guess the next two would be you need to actively connect with people, not just wait for connections requests to come. You know, LinkedIn changed maybe two, three years ago. It used to be a very, uh, like a walled garden or whatever. It's like you really only connected with who you had met at a conference or whatever. Like, that's not how it works anymore. Like, you need to actively connect with people, not only that you want to sell to, but that are in your space, the sales community at large. So, Pavilion, Rev Genius, whatever. Like, get involved. Start connecting with the salespeople. Start connecting with people that are part of the quote-unquote conversation. Um, that would be number two, and i got to think about number three. I, I mean, I think, so So we went through the the, the, the process of, I, I was very inactive socially, right? And, and Alec actually gave me the nudge many, many times. It took him months, I think, to convince me nudge. to become more, <laughs> yeah, nudge, uh, to convince me to be more socially active. And I think the, the third one that was, that I would say to everybody now that, that I'm doing it and much more actively involved, not, not at Brandon's level yet, to be honest, you, you post much more than I do. Just post, 
just every week, just get set a goal for yourself, post once a week and just put your content out there and, and your peers, your, your audience, your tribe will show up to that. Right. And just, just do it though. And part of that's just getting out of your own way and getting out of your own head. But, but it's just people, people, people will be interested in your content. If you put out thoughtful content, that's actually, you know, intended to be helpful for people, but just, they just will post. Yeah. Don't think too much. One, one of the best stats on that is like, it's something like only like 2% of LinkedIn users actually create content. Like it's wide open. 2%? Like you are in the inf- infancy of LinkedIn, Jeez. whereas Facebook, Instagram, all those other social channels, like you would have a hard time. But we've worked with people that can build audiences on LinkedIn pretty quickly because it's wide open. You just got to not be afraid of putting yourself out there to some degree, but also don't compare yourself to, mm. you know, the people that are getting a thousand likes or whatever. A, they're probably not because they're faking it. But, you know, <laughs> even if they are, it's okay. You'll get <laughs> I like that you just attacked everybody that's getting a thousand likes. I really <laughs> Phonies. Phonies. Yeah, they faked it. That's definitely a good point because even me, like, trying to build my following, like, I write so many things. I'm like, this sounds stupid. I'm not posting it. And then I just, I think too much about it. And then I end up not doing anything. And that's even worse than putting that something is so that might common, sound stupid. By the way, that is so freaking common. Yeah. And this is, this is a piece that I think is important sort of circling back to the precipice of the conversation. Like why is social selling important? It's important to your whole business for, for the reasons we've sort of talked about, right? Like people engage with people they trust, they want to work with. They like you, they know you from LinkedIn. It's networking. That's important for your whole company. And branding. so branding, exactly. Yeah. And so and so the way that that if you're on an island alone, you know, just trying to figure out what content to post, that's much more difficult than when you're at a company where you can lean on somebody like Alec, lean on people like Brandon, lean on Jonathan to to be like, hey, here's a here's a thing that you should post about. Like, hey, we're having this conversation. Why don't you inform other people about this? Like, that's super helpful. And it helps align your branding back to the company's messaging as a whole, which is, you know, the half of, of social selling that's, that's very, very important, branding the entire business. And and not everyone's going to want to do it. It's 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 okay to ask for support. I, I mean, it's okay to have someone from the marketing team. Like, I think you need someone from the marketing team, like prodding people, being a little bit annoying, you know, with the full blessing of the company, like trying to activate them, let them know it's encouraged, let them know why, let them know what's in for it. Like, it is difficult with salespeople to some degree because they're worried about the end of the month, the end of the quarter. They're not mm-hmm. worried about building out their quote unquote brand or social selling muscle, you know, which could take years or whatever, you know, they have mm-hmm. immediate yeah. concerns. And on the other end of that, you can also use marketing as a sounding board. So you get your thing drafted up, shoot it to a guy like Alec, who's going to have a fine tooth comb, make sure it sounds good and sounds the way you want it. And that can kind of a way to build your confidence up. That's a great point. I saw that with us early on. It was like, they just wanted someone to look it over. Like, mm-hmm. you sound fine. You sound great. And that's all, for the most part, yeah. I didn't have to do anything. I was just like, a yeah, this sounds smart. <laughs> just post thumb, it. Thumb, thumbs up. Go post it. Good job. <laughs> here, Unless it really here, is Here's your bad. best practices. <laughs> yeah. Here's when to post it. Here's the hashtags to use. Make sure you tag all the companies, right? Like, that. that is very important, and that's coming from marketing, and it should be coming from marketing, And which I think is, there's sort of two veins of best practices here. One of them is, as an individual, here's your best practice. Is, right? Build out your LinkedIn profile, post, post frequently. I mean, not infrequently for sure, at least once a week, you know, f- find your voice a little bit, add people actively, right? Those are great best practices and starting points for an individual. And then as a company, a best practice is to have somebody in the marketing team actually own this thing. Like their, their job is to encourage people to go out and do this and figure out messaging that works and figure out what content each person should share and who should be pushing what and make sure that everybody's sort of on brand for the company. 
Roughly, right? Like everybody should have their own voice and their own way to go about it. But as a company, somebody needs to own that because it is that important. It is also a cultural thing. It's it's hard to build. Like you have to, for the social selling, you know, I think people are afraid or, you know, feel maybe they're not encouraged or you never know. There could be a, n- a number of reasons, but I, I really do think some of it starts at the top. You know, we got we got Howard here who, who started posting and, you know, it, it's good for the leadership to set the example. Otherwise, it's going to be harder to be like, hey, you guys go do this. It's important, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that is actually one of the most important things that you need to do um, is as long as leadership is on board, not not only do they have to be on board, but they have to actually be doing it too. And they have to yep. be encouraging their reps, right? If It's one thing if you know Howard's posting a few times a week and saying, hey, you guys should post, but then you know our... our chief sales officer isn't doing any, do you think people under him are going to be posting that much? Right. Probably not, right? As, as soon as he actually starts getting engaged and he's actually posting, then we'll have a lot more people posting. I, I see this type of thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think the other big thing, so I actually put this poll out on LinkedIn uh, maybe two weeks ago, what's holding you back from posting? And the number one thing that won by a landslide is I don't know what to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which, which to your point though, there's been many times where like Howard posts something and I read it and I'm like, I have thoughts about that. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, and then I, then I go post about that thing because like, and maybe in my take can be different than Howard's, right? Like we're mm-hmm. different people. We have different perspectives and, and we're aligned, but we're posting about the same topic, which keeps ringing on brand. Totally. And, and like that, that, le- that leadership by example is super important here because they see it. It also gives them ideas of what they should be posting about. Which is which is awesome, and there's like to get that kind of executive buy-in, you have to I think also highlight some of the ancillary or kind of other benefits to this. There's like huge recruiting benefits, like in the, mm-hmm. in the cumulative, like if you get all these people out there, branding efforts, like one of my favorites, or what I think is just kind of like a the you know what's what do salespeople today do the most of? They need to be good writers, right? Like they need to be phenomenal email writers. Like yes, cold calling is still king but so much email has gone out and like there's no better way to become a better writer than to post it get immediate feedback see what people respond to like you're sharpening that muscle as a salesperson like i'm incredibly bullish on you know salespeople using linkedin to, we know, know alec yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you do. tell us about it <laughs> that's that's a good point so i mean ever since i started i basically started hiring from the moment I got here to, to now, I'm still hiring an interview. I don't look at people's resumes anymore. I go to their LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't read their cover letters anymore. I go to their LinkedIn. It's like, I, can't. I honestly get annoyed if somebody sends me a resume, but there's no LinkedIn. I know, me like, too. I, I want to find the, like, show me your LinkedIn. Yep. Like, yep, exactly. Yeah. It's, I, like, it's totally. it, kind of, it kind of shows you're with the times too. Like yeah. you're, you're caught up with. We're at a tech company. Use some technology. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, this is a great transition. Alec, thank you for jumping in for that. Super helpful. Yeah, that was Um, awesome, Alec. Alec, Alec, by the way, for everybody listening, is the most pro-social selling person. I also knew this topic was going to be like very near and dear to him. He almost interjected to try and be a guest on it and I had to, I had to fight that off. So, so I, I, know, I know my place. I need to know my place. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I had to bring him in because he helped me become a much better social seller and it's still something that I'm working on. But, but I know his advice is super helpful for me and I figure it'll be super helpful for our audience as a whole. But when we talk about tech, this is another follow-up question that I had before we finish with our final segment. 
what technology is, what tech platforms are the most effective for social selling? Like what tech platform would you say, hey, I need this if I'm going to be a social seller? I wouldn't say you you need need anything, but yeah, sorry. No, no, go for it. I was going to say LinkedIn, but the really only (laughs) one to that, you need need SalesNav to like really dive in deep. Well, yeah. yeah. For sure, sales nav. I mean, I'm thinking if there's things past that, like like oh, internally, like we, shield. We shield, use shield. Is very important. There's, I'm a big fan of shout out to Andreas over at Shield, who was a guest on Sales Enablement recently. We but will be expecting our check in the mail, yeah. Andreas. So. Twenty five hundred dollars, please. <laughs> Um, Shield, Shield is great. I use it with you, Alec. I think Brandon is on there as well. It's super awesome. Um, there's other like there's other things, right? Like there's video messaging that's super important. That, by the way, I recommend having a design team that's willing to like make assets for your LinkedIn. That's super yeah. valuable. Um, which they use a whole bunch of other things. But any others that you guys can think of that you'd be like, you need this if you're going to be like doing well in social selling. No, I, I, I really don't All think right. you need any sales. Nav it up. Just sales nav. That's it. <laughs> No, hundred percent. Yeah, I actually, hundred percent agree with that. Like at the end of the day, if if your only piece of tech that's enabled for this is sales nav, you're totally fine. Otherwise, people are going to make excuses. Right. Even even Shield, it's awesome. And and for what it's worth, you get that little bit of dopamine rush when you go in and you're like, man, I'm I'm crushing last (laughs) month. I'm totally crushing it. And that that helps. It encourages you to keep going, right? But at the same time, it's totally an extra thing. You don't really need it. No, if there's, I think, I mean, we, we could have to separate social selling and brand building, but like as far as social selling, you know, you spoke obviously about how terrible the spamming is earlier. And some people can really do some creative shit. Like Fiona on our team is phenomenal, like with creative messaging, like getting it hyper personalized, like all that stuff. She's great. Uh, she could teach a master class on that. But the other part that I don't see sellers utilize as much is engaging with, uh, their prospects or buyers or whatever's content. Like, mm-hmm. be responsible mm. for that dopamine hit. Go through and like all their shit. Like, that's a really good point. I, w- I want. I want to. I wanted that on a T-shirt. Be responsible for that dopamine hit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's just a life motto to live by. Like, for sure. Just... I mean, how? What other piece of like? It's val. Like, you're not taking anything. You're just giving. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the sales. You're just giving them engagement. They love it. You're giving them a comment. They love it. Like. It's it's very powerful. Again, it's it's hard to track as everyone speaks to, so it doesn't take. Right. Uh, yeah. And and there's and if you're an SDR, I actually had an example. I, I messaged you guys this in advance. We've talked about this SDR before. He's actually an AE now. He's he's an AE over at Cluster. Tom. He I had a post today. And people were commenting on it. Tom was actually going through. He doesn't even work at Ring DNA. Tom was going through my post and, and like messaging the people on it, being like, "Hey, I saw your comment on this post. It was super valuable." To the ones that were actually valuable, no ask, nothing else, other than just to tell them I found value in your participation on this post. Tom is being responsible for that dopamine hit, and that's I, advanced I, level stuff. That right is there. advanced level stuff. And he actually messaged me then and was like, "Hey, just so you know, I did this, and I actually booked a meeting out of it." Like he gave me Dang. a dopamine because I helped Tom out without doing anything, right? <laughs> like this is high level social selling, but an example of how effective it can be. And we're talking about getting high legally here, just to be clear. Oh, you've listened to nothing, have you? <laughs> I think it's important too to note, like it doesn't matter where you are in your career. You could be brand new and you're like, I don't know what to say and I have no experience. Like, okay, just document what you're doing then. Like that's totally fine. Yeah. Versus like, I know like 
SaaS salespeople at huge enterprise companies that make over a million dollars a year that also do it. Like, there's a huge range. Uh, you know, it's not limited to you have to be in some industry or you have to be five years in or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, and you use, uh, we'll move on in a second here, but you use Fiona as an example, right? Fiona Fiona on our SDR team. She's now an AE actually, um, but she's, she's great at social selling. She's been in tech for nine months. She, she, was, she was a nurse prior to this. She, she jumped into tech and immediately went into like, I'm leaning in, I'm building out my profile, I'm posting a bunch, I'm going to message people and be highly targeted in my prospecting, I'm going to add value to my network. And it has worked. And she's nine months into her tech career. And in some <laughs> ways, it's like just indicative of her being an outsider. She didn't know, yeah. you know what I mean? She comes in with really create, okay, how would I do this? Unique, unique perspective. It's mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. And also to add to that, I think also it's just validating that you're just not trying to get the sale. It's not all about yourself. You're actually showing you care about this person, care what they're saying, care what they're posting. Yeah, you're adding value. Yeah, creates a layer of a relationship that's not just me, me, me. Yeah, and for for what it's worth, all of sales should be adding value. Like Mm -hmm. You're not taking value, you're adding value always. That's the point of selling. You're actually helping people fix a problem. Social selling does not, it's no different at the end of the day. Yeah, Um, every single touch, every single touch, whether it's a small like on their post can get them closer or further away from a deal. Can we name this episode Be Responsible for the Dopamine Hit? Because I still think that's like the greatest greatest thing I've ever heard. Oh man, I'm going to live my life by that now. I love it. I just want it on on the wall behind me. All right. This was super awesome. That was I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us off on social selling. I honestly think we probably have to revisit this one someday in the future because there's a lot to say about that. <laughs> and we have to spread out brand, brand social selling and individual social selling and how those play into other aspects. Totally. And super super interesting stuff. And I think the audience needs to be doing this because only two percent of people are. So most of our audience won't be. Yeah. So that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I want to segue into it's time for this week on LinkedIn. So this week on LinkedIn. I got a really interesting question, um, which which I've I've talked about this a little bit, and I know you guys are going to have thoughts. But uh, how do you think about uncovering the problems that might exist it, that sales and marketing folks are not being vocal about? So essentially, how do you approach discovery in revenue operations, product marketing, marketing operations, etc.? How do you approach discovery to find problems? I still need a little more explanation on that. So, so like one of the ways the prospect? that, yeah, well, no, just in general, right? Like, uh, there's things in your process and the marketing side and the sales side, et cetera, that are broken. Like maybe people are having a hard time using this platform. Maybe, uh, this approach, this, this specific, uh, ICP is not being effective for us, but the person who knows that isn't just screaming it from the rooftop, which is a problem, right? Mm. Because <laughs> you, you're not going to be able to identify that unless somebody's telling you most of the time. So, and, and for what it's worth, most people aren't super vocal. People aren't going to like scream from the rooftop that, hey, like everybody in this industry doesn't want to buy us. Very few reps, I marketers see. will actually scream that out. Mm. And so how do you go about finding those problems that aren't being screamed about, but are severe problems? Okay. So, so I'll start with this one. Um, I, I think a Big part of product marketing's job, honestly, is just to be everyone's friend and be an ally to everyone <laughs> in the company. Uh, you have failed. I have. <laughs> right, like I go. No, go on. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but like, there, there, there's a lot of information that I get just when I go and talk with 
someone that I haven't talked with in a while, whether it is a CSM one-on-one, whether it is a rep one-on-one, whether it is a PM one-on-one, like you actually get a lot of information that you're not going to get in those big meetings. Um, and if, if you really approach it with like, you know, how can I help you? What are you seeing out there? What are you, what are you hearing in the market? What's going on? And sometimes you have, you do have to read between the lines. Sometimes you have to dig a little bit more. Sometimes you have to look for those things, those indicators that, Hey, maybe there is something here. You know, it's, 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 it's some of that stuff like Chris Voss's reflective listening, right? It's mm. tell me more about that or. Hmm. Okay. You, you know, it's it, repeated. It back sounds to them. like yeah, what it, you're it saying sound, is ex- yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like using some of those techniques that you would use as a seller to get more discovery out of you know your prospect. Use that with internal teams too. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of it. And then it's not you hear it once and then you raise it up to the executive team as this is a big problem. Um, you do have to do a lot of. You know, validate critical. that it is a problem. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, validate please. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that person might have one story. You might turn around and someone else might have a different story. And then now you're like, okay, so what's the right answer here? Um, and that's yeah. where I do think a lot of just business acumen uh, comes in, right? That's right. that's why I like people with diverse, diverse backgrounds that have a little bit of sales, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of customer success. Uh, not, not to pat your back too much, Jordan. But <laughs> they've done all those things. Yeah, exactly. Done exactly. All those things. <laughs> I think that's super valuable to an organization, mm-hmm. being able to understand a lot of different pieces of how the business works to get that full understanding of right, what actually is the underlying problem here. And then going back to those first principles. And then from there, once you can properly diagnose that problem, then it's all right. How do we put an action plan together to fix it? There's, there's, this is a really good answer, by the way. That's an awesome answer. And what I heard is essentially like do discovery training. You should know how to yeah, do discovery yeah. and you should build relationships and build trust with people so that you can ask those questions and they'll, they'll feel that they can trust you to tell you, yes. right? Because at the end of the day, you, you need to have those conversations. There's a piece of it that I would tack on at the end, which is so if somebody tells you there's a problem and you go do your investigation and you find out like, Hey, this is a one-off problem. Like there's really nothing to fix here make sure you go back and tell them. Right. That. Yes. It's super important to go back and be like, listen, I heard your problem. I went, I did, this is all the digging that I did. And what I uncovered is this is really a one-off thing. There's not much for me to do. It's something I'm going to keep my eye on for sure. But otherwise, if you don't, they feel like they just told you a problem and it went nowhere and they're never going to waste their time doing it again. Yeah. You're never going to hear that from them. They, yeah. They're going to be frustrated. Right. Why isn't anyone yeah, listening exactly. to me? Yeah. And then, well, I told Jordan and he didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Like now you have an unproductive You don't want anybody employee. feeling yeah, and they're mm-hmm. never going to tell you again, which has now crushed that person's trust in you, exactly. which, which you've now worked a long time to develop. So, Great point. super important. Jonathan, any, anything you want to add? Yeah, I think just as an organization in general, you need to create an environment where people are going to feel comfortable bringing mm. issues up to the table because, you know, I've been in places where you bring that issue up, you know, you're at risk. So you just kind of keep your mouth <laughs> shut and do what you can do. But that's a terrible environment to be in and you're never going to move your product forward unless the people on the ground level using your product have an avenue to express these bugs and get these resolved. It's not this organization, by the way, that Jonathan's yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. He messages he messages me potential problems at like nine p.m. and my response is, "Can we can we talk about this at eight a.m. tomorrow? I don't want to talk about it right now." <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but you have no hesitancy to raise problems. That's no, for sure. I absolutely don't. We do not have many, <laughs> if any. But yeah, and one thing we do that's awesome is our, our head of product has a product board, which is a great piece of software that can be used to not only track enhancements, but also certain things like bugs. And it can be kind of a, a way to create visibility and create prioritization around it. Because a lot of the challenges, just there's not enough time in the day to fix every single thing. So sometimes it's got to be prioritized and put in a list. So you just kind of got to yeah. work the system. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, so, I, so I'm. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I love that. I think I think you know th- there's been a lot of research out there these days. They're calling it psychological safety, right? The difference that having a psychologically safe work environment makes on just overall employee happiness and productivity. And I some there's some great books out there. You know, the main one being um, the, the one by Amy Edmondson. She did a lot of this work in. She's, I think it was like the nineties or something. And then only recently has it been more popularized, but it's called the fear of this organization. Um, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal book. Uh, a lot of examples that probably could be even cut in half, <laughs> uh, cause it just repeats the examples, but they're great yeah, examples. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, to, to Jonathan's point, it has to be a cultural thing. Yeah. Totally. I like that you dropped in that you can read. That's important for people to know. Um, but <laughs> just nice. no, but to some, sorry, I, I couldn't, I could not. You, you attacked me before the podcast, so I told you I was coming in hot. I did warn you. Uh, but, but to sort of, to I am sort surprised of we didn't argue more in this episode. Yeah, I let you off the hook a little oh, bit, thanks, so I yeah. had to come back strong. Um, but to sort of summarize what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is essentially like the recommendations would be for, first and foremost, I think it's the, probably the most important one, Jonathan, is is what you touched on and, and, and Brandon, you just did as well, which is company culture, uh, of create a culture where people feel empowered to bring you feedback, create feedback and not feel like that creates any risk for them internally whatsoever. And then beyond that, as an individual trying to embrace that culture, build trust with your peers, do discovery training, learn those skills that are going to help you really understand what those are and then validate all the issues and, and make sure that you're continuing to build that trust. You're not failing to follow through and and not solving things for people because they are trusting you and they're giving you these problems. You need to be solving them or communicating to them them why you are not. Otherwise, they're going to stop communicating them to you, which is super important as well. And that goes back to culture, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, as a company, not solving problems for people, they're not going to keep bringing problems up. So... I think that was a that was a great answer to uh, to a pretty awesome question. So uh, I'm gonna, we're going to cut it off there. This was awesome, guys. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about social selling someday. Alec, special shout out! Thank you for jumping in today. Thank you. Really, really, really enjoyed the the. I think I was going to get scolded if I didn't, so I brought you. In. <laughs> it was it but, was the Jordan, but, uh, <laughs> Jordan and Alec show today. Yeah, That's what it yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll put him we'll put him in there as a ho- co host now. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, like photo, Photoshop the image into the the cover of thing. <laughs> <laughs> just his face um <laughs> but 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 guys it's an awesome episode thank you so much and uh we'll see everybody next week thanks guys thanks